Yeah, always good chatting to us. Yeah, uh, absolutely, mate. Uh, how good to see them um, top of the table or up near the top of the table to be able to avoid those playing games and be, you know, semi-final bound and having a home semi-final as well um, on game one. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, uh, but let's hope it's going to be worth the wait. Modi Mayor, obviously a lot of this lies at his feet with what he's done. He's been involved with the setup previously under Dan Shamir. Now he's the head coach. What do you think makes him so good? Because he has a connection with these players. They appear to want to play for this bloke. Yeah, I've been calling him the mad scientist. I mean, the man's bloody crazy on the sidelines but I tell you what you know you speak to him off court and he's very articulated and 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 knows exactly what he's trying to do with this group and you know he's started by recruiting well um he recruited very well in the off season with both New Zealand and Australian talent and then he really complemented that with obviously a great next star and Rian Repair and then obviously three good imports very good imports that are probably if you had them all on paper, probably the three best combo of a combo of imports of any team in the league. So, that, and that takes skill to be able to get that balance right. Um, I really believe he's got that right. Um, he has this group playing hard um, and, and focusing on the right things, and that's playing defense and and playing as a team, and that's enjoyable to watch. What's also enjoyable to watch is Modi's passion and colourful language on the sideline, is it not? You really get engaged with the way he goes about his business. You said mad scientist. I call him the uh, motivator mayor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell you what, he's found a, he's found the key to unlock a lot of the players. And, um, you know, if you can scream and yell at a player as they're coming off the court and then they go out and play hard for you, that's you've you've really got their ear. And, you know, he seems to be able to hold them accountable by, you know, by, you know, giving them a good serve if they're not doing what they're supposed to. But they come out and they perform for them. And that's uh, good coaches find a way to be able to get that balance right of accountability for players, but also being able to have them want to play hard for you. The basketball's littered. It's history with mad scientists, basketballers, uh, the coaching staff on the sidelines. It's not unusual, but this guy's really grabbed it with both hands. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, everyone I spoke to at the club, um, you know, prior to him being the head coach, just talked about what a great guy he was and, you know, they loved him. And so when he got the nod to be head coach, it was, um, you know, it was like, well, they've, they've given him the reins now. It's always easy to be good cop when you're assistant coach, but when you're head coach and, you know, you you got to play both sides, good cop and bad cop, it's a, it's a very tough balance to get right. And, he seems to have got it right and seems to have the team playing well. So, um, you know, I think he's he's doing a fantastic job. You mentioned, Dylan Boucher, about the off-season signings and about how important the imports have been. Three imports now involved in the side. This is just not Modi Mayor. There'd be a lot of other juggling in the background as well, uh, not just him. That's how they managed to secure uh, those three guys. A lot of work there from everybody. Absolutely. It takes a, it takes a, a team effort to, to sign these players uh, right from relationships uh, with agents to um, to being able to, you know, Modi obviously puts his wish list out there, but it's got all fit within a salary cap and, and a budget within a team budget as well. So um, there's no doubt he didn't just write three names down on paper at the start of the season and they all came to fruition. That's very rare that that can happen, um, especially with a team that has budgets, uh, restraints as well. So if you've got an unlimited budget, you can probably, in the NBA, you can sign any three players you want just about. But um, on this side of the world, unfortunately, with budgets and salary cap, a lot of your wish list, you're, you're down to your third and fourth option a lot of times when you're recruiting players. So how serious did the NBA actually take this league, just on the subject? You, you bring the NBA up, and plainly that's the, the, the big daddy of all of these uh, all of these leagues globally. Do they, they hold this in a lot of respect, do you think? Oh, I think it's 
becoming more and more the league that they are starting to look at, and particularly with the Next Stars program. I mean, I think the last game the Breakers played, there was talk of 20 scouts um, of the, what, 32, 34 NBA teams. So, you know, you've got over half the NBA teams with eyeballs starting to look at these Next Stars players and then your likes of Xavier Cooks and, you know, I know even like, you know, Breakers players, they'll be they'll be starting to be looked at on NBA radars to see whether these they think they're capable of playing at that next level and that that just wasn't certainly wasn't happening um, when I was playing, and it's you know probably over the only since the last three years, the three four years, the the league has really been highly watched by the NBA scouts and, and GMs. Dylan, they, the the breakers had a terrible couple of years, and that was COVID induced, no doubt about that. Being on the road the whole time, how important do you think it was that they've actually done what they've done there, as far as keeping the club viable? If they'd have finished right down the bottom of the table again, were they close to folding? Do you think? Oh, I don't know about. I mean, I, I'm not in the intricacies on financials to know if they'll be close to folding. But I, I could tell you what they were starting to. I mean, I, I had you know people that I know are diehard Breakers fans that were starting to lose, <laughs> use the Warriors term, lose the faith um, in this in this Breakers brand because they were so accustomed to it being a successful brand. And I think their faith has been renewed with this group this year. Not just because they're on top of the table, but the way they're playing. They play a entertaining brand of basketball that. They play hard, and as a fan, all you want is to see that the team you're supporting is putting it all out there. Sometimes you get beaten by better teams, but these guys play hard every game. Do you think they get or were criticised by fans back in those ugly days, or people just enjoy it for what it is, and if they don't work, so be it? Are they up to that criticism? Oh, I think so. I think as a player, you know, you're, you, you're paid to be a professional basketball player, so when your team, you know, is bottom of the table, you take that personally, and you, you take the losses very hard, and you know, and I think the criticism's fair from the public. The breakers weren't up to scratch in those years, and they had talented teams. You know, and you know, you'd probably argue that the talent they had on some of those rosters is better than the talent they've got now. The difference is, is Modi's got them all playing as a team, um, and you know, they're able to um, perform and, and want to play hard for the coach. I, I can't say hand on heart that that looked like they were doing that in the last two years. Was it because they were away from home? That certainly didn't help, but I don't believe that was the full contributing factor. Well, the likelihood of this team staying together for the long run, we don't know how long we've got the imports. They come and they go, but the core of the of the Kiwi and Aussie base players, you reckon they've got them for a while? Because I know that Willie McDowell-White's super keen to hang around with uh, Modi Mayor. Big reason he's here, because he loves that coach so much. So is there a chance we hit a nucleus like the you know back-on-back-on-back back back championship days? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know if they're enjoying themselves like they look like they are, then I think it's, uh, you know again, once... It's always hard if you win because when you win, everyone thinks, or not everyone thinks, everyone you start becoming very valuable and everyone wants a championship player on their team. So those top players start getting shopped around pretty heavily. But um, if they can keep the nucleus of this group together, um, you know, and then get the imports right again, again, if you can get the same imports back, even better. Um, but that's always harder, easier said than done, really. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.